What are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Long Box Guys. With me, as always, are some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Mike Manning, how you doing, and what are you drinking? I'm doing well, and I am drinking a Two Roads Old Factory Pilsner. Sounds sounds delicious. Yeah. Josh, how you doing? What are you drinking over there? Uh, I am trying a... I, ha- I don't have a name for it yet. It's... Oh. Bourbon. Uh, it's two ounces of bourbon, uh, an ounce of chocolate liqueur, and a half an ounce of orange liqueur. You're not that far from a Dr. Pepper. No, that's a soda that comes in a can. You must be mistaken. <laughs> uh, brandy. Uh, uh, There's a fine girl. Yes. And what a good wife she would be. Brandy and two other things make uh, that. And it kind of sounds like a Dr. Pepper. Tommy, how you doing? What are you drinking down there, buddy? Well, you know, my stomach's feeling a little off tonight, so I'm just drinking some frozen water with a little scotch in it. <laughs> That's smart. That's yeah. where you want to go. Some Arstone scotch. <laughs> how are you doing, Tommy? I'm doing great today. I'm on Cuba Libres. I love me some uh, rum and coast. Uh, I like to make a nice a big one because they are uh, delicious and mysterious and strange. Speaking of mysterious and strange, today we're going to be talking about the Phantom Stranger, a DC comic character that goes all the way back to 1952. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the backstory, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some of his bigger adventures. So, the Phantom Stranger starts, like I said, back in 1952. First appearance is, uh, well, actually it says first appearance is in Phantom Stranger number one, but I don't believe that's correct. That is correct. That is correct. It wasn't a compilation with with, uh, Dr. 13 and Ghostbreaker? It was. Dr. 13 was one of the other. Back in the 50s, they would have multiple characters in different comic books. Okay. So uh, I thought it was more of a compilation. But um, so the Phantom Stranger shows up in this uh, uh, comic book all the way back in 1952. His been in multiple teams and affiliated with multiple teams, including the Council of the Immortals, Justice League Dark, Sentinels of Magic, the Trenchcoat Brigade, Justice League, and something called the Quintessences, which I haven't been able to find anything on. Um, He's one of those characters that show up mostly when there is something supernatural afoot. Uh, A little bit like Constantine in the way that he is their go-to when something magical and terrible is happening. He has been, like I said, around since 1952. He has gotten his own... He got his own comic book. Oh, he had to wait a while to get his own comic book. 1953. And then he gets his own comic book in 19... Can I I stop you right there? Finish the year! So he starts off with his own comic book, but then he takes a leave of absence if yeah. you will, from comic book. Um, he gets another shot in Showcase Comics, and after that, then he starts uh, with his own comics. He His comics are dark, supernatural comics, uh, horror, if you will. Uh, and uh, then he makes sporadic guest appearances in the Justice League of America, then gets his own 
just uh, his own comic several other times. Anytime there's a major supernatural event, the Phantom Stranger is always in the thick of it. His big revival actually uh, is probably from Neil Gaiman's Books of Magic, where he's part of the Trenchcoat Brigade, uh, which is what really made Phantom Stranger uh, essentially the, one of the coolest of the non-caped caped superheroes. I mean, is it a cape that he's wearing? It's more of a trench coaty cape, more like a box cape where they, they went crazy with the back part. Yeah. It depends on which who's drawing them. Sometimes yeah. it's a trench coat, sometimes it's a it's a cape. He's always got that is that a trilby or a fedora? That it's is a fedora. a fedora. The trilby would have the to fedora. be up all the way around. Okay. So yeah, he's got that fedora that he's always rocking. He he started off as a guy debunking supernatural uh, events, and then they turned him into a supernatural superhero uh, for just a cause. I don't understand why. I did enjoy the the way they did that though. Uh, he so in a couple of his first comic books, he was just debunking all these guys. And finally, they're like, well, why do you take such pleasure in debunking these things? And then he manifests as the Phantom Stranger because I know what darkness is real. And he shows off some of his power real quick, and then he disappears. Uh, he was just pissed off that people were playing at magic, and he was magic, uh, yeah. which I thought was actually pretty cool. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of uh, villains or, I mean, every supernatural villain is his nemesis. But I would say his biggest nemesis is kind of the Spectre. Oh, Mike, yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, They've been butting heads for a long-ass time. Yeah. He, uh, sometimes his friends and sometimes his frenemies and sometimes his enemies. Yeah, he he has a lot of other, like, in his comic book series, he's got a lot of D-list, that I would say. It's not that they're not powerful, supernatural users. It's just... Other than appearing in Phantom Stranger, you're probably not going to see him until later on when they make appearances in, like, the book, uh, not the Books of Magic, um, Justice League Dark and stuff. But there are no really heavy hitters. Well, I mean, in the New 52 series, uh, you know, he kind of is partially responsible for creating the Spectre without intentionally doing it. He was told to bring the Spectre to a certain place. He thought he was doing the right thing, but really he was he was not. He was making the Spectre the Spectre, and the Spectre never forgave him for it. Uh, so well, that's where that's where the Spectre becomes his enemy, because right. the Spectre never really forgave him for for bringing him to the wrong place and for him causing the Spectre's fiance to die, because. He was brought to a setup instead of where his fiance was, where he was supposed to be led. Yeah, and besides the Joker, I would dare you to find another DC character with more origin stories. That was going to be my than the Phantom one. Stranger, because in the New Fifty Two, which you're talking about, the Phantom Stranger is uh, was Judas. And he is trying to retrieve all of the coins of silver, and that is his driving motivation so he can end his mortality or so he can end his immortality. 
by and, getting and all those pieces of silver. Another permutation of this is these the wandering Jew character who is so pissed off at Christ that he pays off a guard to help torture Christ, and Christ makes him walk the earth until he comes back. And there are like four others that I can think of off the top of my head. They just keep reinventing this guy, which is one of the reasons I never really loved the character. But I do love the fact that you brought up, like, he's a little bit like the Joker. I don't even think he knows his origin story. Uh, much like the Joker, like, lied about it so many times, he doesn't know his origin story. And having that kind of air of mystery to it, and being one of the few absolute immortal characters in the DC universe. Like there's no mistaking that this character is immortal and will probably be here forever is, uh, is, is pretty cool when it comes to that kind of origin. Not a lot like that. And one of his big limitations is he usually can't interfere. He's not supposed to the uh, order of uh, the, the dominion of order. Is that right, Mikey? The Lords, Lords of order. order. The Lords of Order don't allow him often to um, just directly affect outcomes. He has to act in mysterious ways, which is one of the reasons why he's the Phantom Stranger. He's a lot like the Watcher in this way. He can't directly affect things, but he can give you cryptic clues and lead you along the path and try to help you find the way to change something back into the ways of order, which is maddening to me. Fuck that. Man, you have a lot of superpowers. Just change some shit. But he doesn't have a lot of superpowers. I mean, well, his his power set is right. also poorly defined. Very poorly. Sometimes it's is incredible. And absolute immortality is not a bad power. Let's... That depends. It depends whether or not you want it, I suppose. Yeah, but he is his power set other than uh a general omniscience and immortality is magic. Yeah. <laughs> you never know like how powerful this dude is or you know, if the blue beetle could kick his ass. The answer, by the way, is he's super powerful and the blue beetle could kick his ass. <laughs> a la Doctor Strange getting defeated by math and Spider Man. Wait, did everybody see that movie? I did not. not. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Josh. Sorry. Wait, did you just spoil Spider-Man for me? Fuck. No, it's like a very minor spot in the movie. It's okay. Not... <laughs> I hope it's fun. It sounds fun. <laughs> Getting back to the Phantom Stranger, the first time I ever saw the Phantom Stranger, I'm a big Justice League of America fan, and he appears just as the shadow thief is trying to run away with this jewel and he just reaches out and grabs the shadow thief and holds him. And he's like, hold on a second and takes the shadow thief's belt off and then hands the shadow thief and the belt to the justice league. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy is super powerful. Who is he? And I had to wait five years until they did the who's who in the DC universe. You see, kids, there was a time before the internet where if you didn't know who the drummer for Whitesnake was, you were just kind of fucked until you could find the album cover. <laughs> I'm going to step away from the camera for a second, Mike, because I actually unpacked my DC Universe role-playing game books today, and I want to see 
if they stat him out. Ah, good, good luck with that. Way, we'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait a second for that. Um, you're right about the Phantom Stranger's power set. Omniscience, by the way, is a pretty good power set. And that's a pretty powerful power. Uh, but he never got to use it really well because he couldn't directly affect the outcomes of things. He knew it was going to happen, but he also knew they were inevitable. So it's like seeing the moment of your own death, but you just got to wait for it. It kind of sucks. Yeah, he made another appearance later on. Uh, it was a weird Justice League. I remember the Justice League was like in trapped on a demonic roller coaster, and he was kind of acting as the narrator. Um for the whole issue. And I, again, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Why? What is going on? It confused my little child brain. But if you want to read an excellent Phantom Stranger story, the, actually the new 52 stuff is pretty darn good. I'm assuming that's what you read, LT? Yeah, I've read some of that. I've read some of the older uh stuff from the showcase presents but uh, i also read the new 52 stuff and the new 52 stuff i liked uh, i thought it was a compelling story i like what they did with the specter and their sort of back and forth uh rivalry you know what about the old good. stuff how'd you like that um it was kind of interesting because you know as as you said he's trying to debunk some of this stuff he's trying to catch people that are you know that are trying to portray supernatural things but aren't doing anything supernatural so it's a different take on the character um but on the flip side it's kind of nice to you know every once in a while i'll read stories that start and end in one in one book yeah i do like that too yeah and uh, we've recommended it before the books of magic by neil gaiman the four issues phantom stranger is one of the guides for tim hunter on his journey through the supernatural of the DC universe. It is well worth a read for anybody. Tom, what's your uh, favorite Phantom Stranger? You know, I really do like, uh, I was watching a bunch of the early issues and I, I really enjoyed those. Um, where he's, um, you know, affecting reality and I mean, not affecting reality so much, but he's uh, just kind of, uh, debunking things and you know working uh, like at, the, at first reading those first ones I just kind of thought he was like uh, like the amazing Randy you guys remember the amazing Randy yeah yeah, yeah he, famous, used to, he used to always try to debunk stuff yeah he was a, kind of a famous debunker of stuff like that and uh, yeah I really enjoyed that but then when he came like super powerful I loved the look the look was something I thought was incredibly cool so that was like a big thing for me. I even had a character in DC superheroes. Uh, I think Josh was the DM for this one. And I think I call him the gentleman stranger. And he was this crazy character that was kind of uh, put through the frat boy system to be the ultimate frat boy. But then he had to turn his back on all of frat boy and become the protector of women. And that was the gentleman strangers pact. So the yeah, it was it was a fun character to create. <laughs> I don't know why I had to mention my own stupid character in there because I didn't read that many film strangers. He is in the book. He is, is he? in case uh, What's his best power besides omniscience and immortality? He is in the book, but he is considered PLX. So in the DC game, uh, they rate people 
on power levels from 1 to 20. Uh, Aquaman sitting around on 11. Uh, Superman sitting around like a 16 or an 18, something like that. So the Phantom Stranger is in the book, but he is considered to have powers beyond uh, numerical scoring. So they do not. Um, they list his power as the Phantom Stranger possesses immense power, easily ranking him on PLX characters. Chief among the Stranger's ability is his knowledge of every person and event occurring across the multiverse. He can also travel through space, time, across dimensions without limits, bring others to where they are needed. He is immortal and ageless, with only his white hair and blank eyes betraying his mystical nature. He can also dispel nearly any spell or illusion and fire mystical blasts that can keep even the most powerful creatures at bay. They mention the multitudes of his origins, uh, but do mention the tale most commonly told is that the stranger was once an angel who refused to choose a side during Lucifer's rebellion and was condemned to live alone for all time. Any one of these stories may be true, or given the strange events that draw the stranger, they may somehow all be true. So they they leave him as an enigmatic figure and uh, explain explain little, uh, but that he is sort of just a galactic or a universal force of nature that arrives uh, when needed and directs people where they need to go. He is the city bus of the magical universe. <laughs> just that's, just... that's probably a very accurate description of him. He, his origin stories vary. Like he could have, he could have been there at the creation of the universe at the big bang and his leftover energy, from it, uh, they they also hint that he might be Jonathan Kent, Superman's son, and the current Superman, uh, who uh, is part of Hypertime, which is a concept they created for Superman, where the reason that Superman is always around the same age, even though he, he's been around since the 40s, is because he shifts and time shifts around him uh so always he can travel around the earth it is not that that is not no no stop stop just stop uh phantom stranger has of course appeared in batman the brave and the bold as uh, which is again one of the most amazing batman cartoon series ever and he was a live action in the swamp thing tv show where they were really working their way up to a Justice League Dark, but that ain't never going to happen. I I never made it that far into the Swamp Thing TV show. I, mean, I don't they, think many people did. I did. <laughs> I made it all the way through, baby. You know what? It was wow. worth it to see Blue Devil. Ah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's fair. Okay. It was, it was not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that moment of honesty, Mike. <laughs> it's refreshing. It is refreshing. Um, I like some of the Swamp Thing movies. I'll throw that in. Yeah, the movies I thought were fun. You just like the love scene. Damn right. When she goes, it's okay, I'm a vegetarian. That just, that gets me every time. <laughs> That's an actual lie. Don't I know. Oh, yeah, we know. I like Adrian oh, yeah. Barbeau. We know. It wasn't Adrian Barbeau. It was the blonde. Heather Locklear. Oh, from the second Heather movie? Locklear from the second movie. You're, sure you're not confusing the Toxic Avenger with Swamp Thing? I am sure. Okay. 
on this one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know about the actress, but the line is definitely from Swamp Thing. It's, it's I, Heather Locklear. Or one of the other blonde ones that looked I like can't her. Recall I don't think it was Heather Locklear. Was. I don't think it was Heather Locklear either, but... Uh-huh. It was Heather Locklear-esque. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair... Yeah. To be fair! To be fair! Uh, any last lines on the Phantom Stranger? I do love his look. I love the... I always like the... Sometimes he has the the domino mask. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's just glowing eyes. I always love a nice fedora. I love the, the, the whole look. I like the uh, the necklace cape, whether or not it's Judas's necklace or not. It still looks cool, even if it's just there for effect. But like Josh, I don't love the power set being pretty much anything you need. Yeah, he's a plot device more than a character. Yeah. I thought he was reading some of the early comic books and seeing some of the stuff that he's just been part of. I kind of thought he was a little bit like Cain and Abel in the House of Mystery. Like, he just kind of shows up and wraps those stories together sometimes. And that's not exactly true. He never had a comic book like the House of Mystery. But he does just kind of show up and explain why we're watching a mystery. Which isn't that much fun for me. Although, uh, I did... I did enjoy the whole, like I said, the the Trinity of Sin storyline from the New Fifty Two, uh, with him, Pandora, and who was the uh, who's the other who's that third person, LT? John oh, oh, Christ! It was not Christ. No, no it was it not Christ. I, I don't remember Mike. Oh, sorry. It was it was obviously that important that neither of us can recall. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, if you don't mind me asking, going back to an earlier point, the kid from uh, Books of Magic, um, Tim something? Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter. What became of Tim Hunter? Uh, It depends. So there is currently a Books of Magic comic book going on right now where they've reintroduced Tim Hunter. But Tim was destined to become the greatest magic user of all time and was either going to save the world or end it, which is why they, during the Books of Magic, they were debating whether to kill him or not. Um, I remember that, yeah. We've never got the answer. All right, so we're still, we're all waiting. Yes. And whether Tim WMD Hunter decides to kill us all. Yes, so if, uh, and for those of you who are not familiar with Tim Hunter, he was Harry Potter many, many years before there was a Harry Potter. <laughs> you really are great. All right. Any last words on the Phantom Stranger besides the ones we've already had? It's Pandora and the Question in the New 50s. Ah, uh, the Question. Damn it. Uh, Pandora and the Question. That's right. The question. Thank you, Josh. Josh, Josh, be Josh. I never really thought of the Question as a supernatural character. He well, wasn't the until the New good. 52. Yeah. With the conspiracies and all, you know, he debunked yeah. a bunch. Right, but I just, that's why, like... That's yeah, why he's more Amazing Randy than Amazing Randy. <laughs> I miss Amazing Randy. Amazing Randy, dead or alive. Mike? He is dead. He's gotta be dead, right? He is definitely <laughs> dead. He died did a couple years it? ago. Did you do it? No. I mean, you sound like, sure. <laughs> but, sure. Oh, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's I was dead. doing a con trick on the corner of 5th and Maple... And that motherfucker's laughed. 
I stabbed him in the neck with a number two pencil. I don't know why the number two is important there, but it was for the story. I put him down, dropped him in a sewer. He was very good friends with Penn and Teller, and uh, I listened to Penn Gillette's podcast. All right, that's a good reason to know. I know they were really good friends, uh, and a lot of what The Amazing Randy was doing back in the early days, uh, I do see Penn and Teller doing a little bit. Not so much the in-your-face way, but the... Um, I remember when Penn uh, was on uh, the World Cup of Poker uh, with Celebrity Edition, and he used some of the tricks of the amazing. He was talking about some of the tricks the Amazing Randy taught him about poker playing and about sleight of hand and magic. I'm like, man, the one guy I don't want to be playing cards with is fucking Penn. Jesus Christ! We got eleven aces. Come on, man! <laughs> Can't have eleven. Aces. What do you even call that hand? <laughs> I call it the Magi Court. I, I call it and you're going to get shot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. We're going to get to that in a minute. But first, we're going to the front of the long box. Mike, what do you got at the front of the long box? At the front of the long box, I have the Moon Knight television show. I am not going to spoil it at all, but if you've got Disney+, Plus, you should be definitely watching the Moon Knight TV show. We're probably we had a couple of our listeners send me an email uh, or I had a couple of emails and text messages this week from our listeners uh, asking for a recap of Moon Knight. So I believe we already did Moon Knight, a Moon Knight episode. So we may uh, I may just repost that episode and we'll throw it on to our Patreon account for free. Uh, speaking of that. If you would like another extra bonus podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash the long box guys. And for mere $1 a month, you get access to our other podcast, the geek leak, where we talk about all the amazing things that we are doing this week besides comic books. Uh, and you can uh, play, you know, go over there, hear us play games. And if you want to be on it, just come on and tell us you want to be on it. And you are more than welcome to join us. And all the money that we do raise for that does not go to us. It goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House, where they are doing good work. Speaking of good work, Tom, did you talk about your – you have not talked about your trip yet. I did on the, uh, the Geek League, but I uh, never did it on this uh, particular uh, – on the Long Box House. So recently I, I had the incredible opportunity to travel to Poland and then go a little bit into the Ukraine – to deliver some supplies to uh, rescue teams who were in desperate need of items. Um, I found out uh, by going to the small town called Bilgorosh, which was about 20 miles from the Ukrainian border, that some of the Ukrainian rescue teams had nothing but hand tools and farm tools to cut people out of rubble with. Uh, They showed me this uh, little girl who was with them who had lost an arm because they just couldn't cut the rebar out from her arm quick enough to save it. This could have been a very easy rescue, very simple. Instead, it took about 40 minutes, they said, to get through it with a hacksaw, which must have been terrifying for everyone involved. Um, It really touched me, and we went around and bought them pretty much everything you could need, uh, except for rebreathing equipment, uh, which the Bill Garage, uh, fortunately, I had these two firebrand nuns with me uh, from Poland and they bargained down every single place we went to buy chainsaws and rebar saws and helmets and work boots. These two great Polish nuns 
were just giving every shopkeeper hell. It was terrific. I got a great video of them just mark, getting the price down for me uh, and buying all the accoutrements. So none of this stuff is going to break down anytime soon because these nuns made sure that they had the special oil, extra chains, all the equipment to keep this equipment running in the field for as long not as long as it takes, but for much longer than a one-shot deal. The one thing we couldn't get was the specialty rebreathing equipment for when you go into a collapse building. But they went to a local fire department and was able to get them to donate their rebreathing equipment, which was incredible to me. Uh, we then ran it down to the border. Unfortunately, we got to the border just as rockets were coming into Lviv. That was uh, last Saturday, so they made us turn around. We were going to go a little bit further in and deliver it straight to the city. But um, security reasons, they didn't want uh, Americans going that far in. Um, and our driver was pretty good with that decision <laughs> to turn around <laughs> at that point. So we did. Uh, we're still uh, we're right about to start doing a new fundraiser to pay back that Polish um, fire unit for their rebreathing equipment. We're going to buy them new rebreathing equipment to replace the ones that they were so generous to give to the Ukrainians. Uh, it was a, a very much a life-changing experience for me. Uh, glad to do it. We're thinking about doing another one in a couple of uh, weeks. If it comes down to that, uh, hopefully peace will break out. If war can break out, for God's sakes, maybe peace can break out. And uh, we're really hoping for that, of course. Uh, but if not, we'll uh, we'll do it again. And we'll keep doing it. Uh, after that, we went to the central Warsaw train station where we met a lot of refugee families and we still had about uh, two thousand dollars maybe three thousand dollars worth of funds and we just gave it out to refugees who had individual needs one guy had been there for four days in the same pants and t-shirt we took him over to a store we just bought him new stuff got him uh got him a, a better setup than he was in one family had been there for almost a week hadn't had a shower so we got him a, a hotel room for the night just so they can I'll take a shower. I'll sleep in a bed for a night. Um, and I probably have 30 stories like that. But, you know, the bottom line is we helped a lot of people. And every time we did, we told people, America's with you. We, we might not be able to enter this war with you because we're afraid of World War III breaking out, which would be devastating for everybody. But we haven't forgotten the people of uh, the Ukraine or the people of Poland who are being incredibly generous. And we're doing our best to help. And thank you for asking, Mike. You're welcome. Tommy, what do you got yeah, at the back of the long box? Well, Tommy, I have a book called The Money Shot. And this is by Tim Seeley, Sarah Beattie, and Rebecca Isaacs. Uh, this is put out by Vault Comics. It is a story of a, a, a world where the world has discovered that there are indeed aliens out in the stars, but the aliens have decided that, that the Earth is really just not worth bothering to visit. And the Earth is just kind of like, all right, well, that's interesting. But it doesn't really spur on a lot of uh, sentiment for galactic explore exploration. But a group of scientists decide to take it on their own to try to go out and venture forth to the stars. And so a group of scientists develop a teleportation device similar to a Stargate, if you will. Uh, and and they decide to go explore the stars, but they need funding. So they decide to set up their own porn channel 
and they go out to the stars and have sex with aliens to support their scientific research. And that is the money shot. (laughs) And it's... Yeah, that's a hell of a Patreon. (laughs) Yeah. The first volume is uh, is pretty funny. It, it's uh, it's very good. Uh, I'm about a third way into the into the second volume. So far, it hasn't been as good. I'm hoping they didn't blow their load in the first volume, but uh, blow their load. They, they had sex with aliens. But uh, but yeah, I, I recommend at least volume one because volume one was pretty funny. All right. I know you would enjoy it, Tommy. Sounds like something I would enjoy, I would get into. <laughs> yeah. All right. I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but Josh, you must have a great tangent for us. What do you got for us, buddy? Uh, I've been watching a show recommended by LT, and thank you for that, uh, called For All Mankind. It's essentially an alternative history where the Soviets beat the United States to the moon, and that uh, lends itself to a different kind of space race, right? So rather than us getting to the moon, we planted our flag. Everyone said hooray, and everyone just sort of abandoned what they were doing with uh, uh, with the space race to get to the moon. Didn't think it was worthwhile. Instead, becomes sort of this escalating event to capitalize on uh, on on landing and utilizing the moon as a resource. So, and I, I do I do like alternative histories. I, I like I like that, and it's a it's a subtle shift. And I like watching the interplay of sort of how that all sort of winds its way out into the world of, of differences. So if you could go back and change one key event, what turnkey event are you changing to see how the world turns out? Easy. As a nerd... The destruction of the Library of Alexandria. If we could have kept all of that knowledge intact and pure, um, I think that would have changed history in a in a multitude of ways. As a historian, there's no other one single event that I can think of off the top of my head. It is true. A lot of knowledge was lost. Yeah, that's a bit you for me. See, I'm tempted to say the Kennedy assassination because there was that excellent program on Hulu with James Franco uh, yeah. that explored it, and I thought that was, they did time travel really well in that one. However, uh, <laughs> with that being and said, you saw the umbrella cabinet? I. I think that might not be the event to change because I don't know if Kennedy could have passed the civil rights legislation like Johnson was able to because Johnson was a much better coalition builder. That's an excellent point, actually. Johnson really was able to do things that I don't think Kennedy could have done. He was too divisive, too much of a – yeah, too divisive. Yeah. Hmm. Keep thinking, Mikey. Part of me really wants to have seen us not not really take place and do what we did in Vietnam. But at the same time, I think it was like I think it it 
affected America in a lot of ways. And I don't know that we would have the America we have today, good or bad, without it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with trying to stop 9-11. I think that uh, because that is that changed the American landscape on a a level where it like my life would still essentially be the same. So I because I really like my life, but (laughs) it would mean a lot of uh good people would still be alive. Um, that, uh, yeah, and we wouldn't have quite the same structure that we have. Because thwarting 9-11 would still have spurred on some changes by the American government, but not the drastic reshaping that it did and yeah. beefing up the industrial war complex. Yeah, it really I, I get it. Our... You, you just don't want to take off your shoes when you go to the airport, Mike. I understand, and it's 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 a worthy thing. It's just personal. I'd like to work for U.S. Customs Service. Yes. <laughs> if there's one terrorist out there who's listening, listen to me, man. Shove a stick of dynamite up your ass. We'll have to do full cavity searches on airplanes for the rest of our lives because of you. <laughs> If I were a terrorist, I would definitely shove a stick of diamond in my ass just to make sure every American getting out of plane for the rest of history got the anal finger. You're missing an opportunity, guys. That's all I'm saying. Mm. It's a good I, idea if you're I, a terrorist. I, 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 Stop I trying to give the terrorists good ideas. It's a great yeah. idea. So I'm going to go sort of along the lines of For All Mankind here. But I think a moment in history uh, through the brakes on American space and innovation, and that is the Challenger explosion. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, and that was, that was a minor change too, right? A very minor change. Yeah, just inspect yeah. an O-ring, right? Yeah. I mean, just, just, just better parts. The next day when it wasn't 35 degrees. 37, you're good. 35, you're bad. Just, we know just this. better parts. So I think uh, – I think if that hadn't happened, uh, America would have a, a a demonstrable different presence in space and mm-hmm. a very different acceleration of technology into different paths. And even just having some of our uh, advanced weather satellites up 15 or 20 years earlier than the, when they got there would be um, – would be something that would uh, definitely help us and the planet at this point. That's a big domino change. It's true. It changes a lot of little things. Because it, it might have actually, you know, convinced some people about global warming. That's a good one. That's a good one. I got a secondary one. I'm going to put an honorable mention on this. But if um, we had gone with the Tesla DC over Edison AC, I think a lot of things would be a lot better right now. Are we going to say yes to that? Come on, man. I was going to go with uh, Laserdisc over VHS. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Dude. 8-track overall. This is 
True story about a track, by the I, way. I, I I still don't understand why we gave up on the iPod Classic, so. We know, I'll see. We know. Uh, until, like, uh, just a few, uh, like, ten years ago, I honestly thought Hotel California uh, went, like, Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. I thought that was part of the song. Because I listened to it on 8-Track as a kid. You guys never listened to 8-Track because you gave me blank stares. No, we didn't. You guys uh, never listened to an 8-Track? Oh, I had an 8-Track player on my first car. Yeah, I remember that car. You remember when the thing would just stop and just rewind wide for, no re- for what seemed like no reason in the middle of a song? Uh, I didn't have a lot of 8-Tracks. I did have Steve Martin stand-up. I had Kiss... <laughs> I had Kiss Destroyer, a couple others, that, I don't know, but not a lot. Um, but uh, I did love the fact that that was a 77 or a 78 Chevy Impala, and the coolest thing about it was the car, radio, and the 8-track player were to the left of the driver. Nobody else could touch yeah. the music. There was no argument about who was in charge. And that was a wide car. Oh, yeah. There was no getting over there. It was was one of the widest production cars of all time. It was like seven foot four inside wheelbase to inside wheelbase. And I had bench seats. You could fit like 11 kids in there with elbow room. I mean, my 65 Chevy, I had 14 people in there one time. So you could probably fit more in the Impala. Yeah, too bad that car got stolen. I can fit more in the Bronco, but I have to chop them up. (laughs) Like cordwood. Yeah. Like a blender. <laughs> Speaking of which, Tom, did you see the Bronco uh, TV show yet? The Bronco movie? Is a Bronco movie? Yeah, I want to say it's called Tommy Bronco. It's on Hulu. Tommy Bronco sounds right up my alley. I love my Bronco. It's all about the Bronco. It's like a fake movie about the Bronco. All right, I'll watch it. Okay. I love I love the old Bronco. That's why I bought the new Bronco. Right, but it's like. It's like about this fictitious character who was like the inspiration and creative force behind the Bronco. Ah, well, that sounds fun. I'll watch that. All right. I guess that brings us to plugs. I guess something new we have to plug is Awesome Con. Yeah. Uh, you got us in on one. Why did you put us in for one thing? Because it took me 30 minutes to apply for that one panel, and I didn't want to do it again. So we're doing one <laughs> panel at Awesome Con. June, first weekend of June. June 3rd to the 5th. Yeah, that's right. what I said. Yeah. yeah Don't know what day yet. I haven't looked yet. Don't know what day, uh, but it's going to be horrible, horrible, horrible stereotypes in comics. And so if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, come on by Awesome Con and check us out. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I think we should also think... We should also thank uh, Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you're watching this on YouTube and are like, what music is he talking about? We have a podcast. It's the same thing you just heard on YouTube, except I throw in music. That's the extent of my producing. Nice. And, And I've been doing this little thing where I've been contacting Amazon support every week to bitch about a feature that is no longer in the Comixology app that used to be great. 
this week I bitched about how on a computer screen the the pages are like a fifth of the screen and you can't get them full size. Uh, so if you have a feature that you want me to bitch at Amazon about on the Comixology app that's no longer there since they merged it with Kindle, just let me know by emailing luckybastard at, outside, at thelongboxguys.com, and I will happily call Amazon and bitch at them. And he'll record it for you. We'll, we'll uh, throw it on as an end cap. Maybe that's what we'll start doing. Just start recording your bitch sessions, and at the end of every one of our podcasts, it'll be like, thanks for listening, and now it's time for Thomas' bitch session with Amazon. It's for the Slamazon. Slamazon. Hey, I was just looking at the guest uh, lineup, and uh, Shane Chi's going to be there, the guy who played Shane Chi, who's hilarious. I like him. He's really funny in Kim's Convenience. Uh, but the guy who played Razor Fist is also going to be there. And I didn't love the character until I saw his car, and now I fucking love the guy. Razor Face? Razor Fist. Who's Razor Fist? He was from, in Shang-Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah all right. Face. You might remember him. He had razors for fists. Razor Face. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's the other one. Uh, I confused the two. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Uh, when I saw his car, I was like, I love this guy. Fucking love this best kind of bad guy ever. Yeah, Awesome Con's going to have a lot of. Uh, if you are a fan of comic books, it's a great comic collector uh, con to go to because they get a lot of artists and uh, writers that go to that. It sounds like an awesome time that I'm going to miss. We're going to miss Aww. you. Yeah, going to be worked. So if anyone wants to take LT's place at AwesomeCon as part of the panel, let us know at LuckyBastard.com. LuckyBastard.com. LuckyBastard at, at TheLongBoxGuys.com. Yeah. Or tweet maybe us stay. at TheLongBoxGuys. Yeah, maybe Stacey can come up for that. She's not far away. Yeah, or just show up. Oh. It'll probably be fine. How about Tammy or, or Ian? What about Sasha? Isn't she the one who told us about AwesomeCon? It's a good point. Look at Sasha on this deal. Yeah, yeah, don't, go out, don't go to Awesome Con. They don't go to Awesome Con? No. Yeah. But you yeah. know where they will be? Where's that? Gen Con. What? August 4th to the 7th in Indianapolis, Indiana, where as of today, my long sword demonstration panel got accepted. Hey! Oh, that's oh, oh nice. God, that's a huge get. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, good on you, brother. So I will be uh, teaching a intro to long sword class at Gen Con. How you getting there? Are you gonna fly or are you gonna drive? Uh, I'm gonna fly to Indianapolis. I'm not gonna fucking drive. I you wanna bring long swords, man. Let's make it road trip. They fit in a one travel bong tr- my golf bag. Golf fit. bag, yeah. Yeah, well road trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank geekorthodox.com. Geekorthodox.com. Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com, purveyor of stained glass prints, uh, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, stocky sets, you name it, they got it. They also may have a link to EganLino.com for t-shirts. And if you want to see them in person, go to Gen Con, see Josh and Ian and Tammy. Yeah, they got a corner booth going on. I have never been to, I've still never been to Gen Con. Maybe this will be the year. Fine, we can road trip if you want. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> I'll fly with you. Nah, I don't mind. We got to stop off 
pick up Violet and Jersey. It's fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just find you. All righty. Hooray! A- any other plugs? I think so. I got nothing. Tell me, what do you always say? I thought we were doing a 1970s freeze frame for the end of the video. Freeze frame. Boop, boop. Freeze frame. No, that's boop, an boop. 80s freeze oh, frame. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Didn't that guy try to poison you, LT? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jake man. Yeah, we he got did, so did, drunk did. that night. Peter yeah. Wolf? Peter Wolf tried to poison Tommy. It was hilarious. You guys don't know that story? Oh. Slight tangent. <laughs> I'm at a bar with Tommy. It's called Mamakins. It's owned by Aerosmith. We're getting pretty smashed. Josh, this was not the night of the infamous. No. No. It wasn't. This I know. Is like two or three weeks before. <laughs> two or three weeks before, Peter Wolf is tending bar. And we're like, and I was like, cool about it. I'm like, hey, you're, 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 you're Peter Wolf, right? He goes, oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for remembering. LT is like, holy shit, it's Peter Wolf of, what was the name of the band? Jake Osband. Jake Osband. Oh, I love you. He starts yelling stuff out. Peter Wolf is like, hey, man, um, I don't want a lot of people to know I'm, you know, I'm just Ted Bar. And LT is drunk off his mind. He won't let it go. And he keeps yelling at Peter Wolf like, I love you. So Peter Wolf goes, hey, let me buy you a couple of shots. Uh, you guys want a, uh, want a fireball? <laughs> Remember yeah. that? Yeah. So Peter Wolf makes us two fireballs, which are tequila and hot sauce. He fills LT's shot glass up with nothing but hot sauce, and he whispers the word tequila over the top of it. We did and it. He gives me a shot of tequila, which is a little dash. He winks at me. I'm like, you know, I got to take care of this guy. He's like, you're going to have to take care of this guy for a while. We do the shot with Peter Wolf, who did the shot with us, and LT makes a face and runs to the bathroom. No, no, we did another shot after that. We did another shot? Yes. went to Because I remember making another one. I thought you came back for it. Peter Wolf makes him another shot just as bad. And uh, LT... They ran out of whatever the hell we were drinking. Yeah, LT couldn't talk for most of the rest of that yeah. because it was so much fire. But they ran out of what we were drinking. <laughs> yeah, he ran out of hot sauce because he kept pouring it down LT's gullet. No, but they, they ran out of the vodka or whatever, or the tequila that we were drinking too. Yeah, he was giving us like a really good tequila with it, like a silver. Like he bought us the drink because he was tickled pink that someone knew who he was, but also wanted LT to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so it was like we were a so drunk. We were so drunk. Peter Wolf was super nice. He talked to me all night while LT gagged. <laughs> yeah. I was so sick the next day. Oh, so sick. So sick. I was pretty hungover the next day, but I wasn't, uh, at least I wasn't poisoned <laughs> by Peter fucking Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was great. I forgot that Peter Wolf tried to poison you. We have so many weird stories, and some of them yeah. get kind of lost and folded in. <laughs> I've I've never heard this story either, which is that's the amazing thing to me. <laughs> really? It was it was a pretty amazing night. It was just me and LT that night. Yeah, yeah that was we terrible. Yeah, drunk. Yeah, and uh, we were uh, um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Steven Tyler was in the house, but we never saw him. 
He's like, hey, Stephen's going to come out in a couple minutes. He's going to 10-bar for a while. I was like, oh, great. We were so hyped, but, like, we just, you just missed him. Maybe he was fucking with us now that I'm thinking about it. But <laughs> then. He's with it never occurred to me at the time because he was talking like because he's being so nice. Meanwhile, he's now he's uh, actually hanging out with Steven Tyler, telling him a story about these two drunk guys who he tried to murder with hot sauce. He's like, uh, it cost me fifty bucks of tequila, but it was worth it. <laughs> Wait, he charged you? No. It probably Cock cost him oh, bucks of tequila. Oh, I assure you, it did not cost the bartender like, anything. Just giving us tequila and, like, <laughs> chat with us. It cost Stephen Tyler $50. It cost Tyler. $50 in profit. Which, by the way, is why Mamakins – Mamakins is no more, right? Correct, yeah, not for yeah, a long time. Like, yeah, not for a long time. You know why? Jay Giles giving away too much tequila. It's the only way you're going to be able to go dancing in the dark. Dancing in the... I don't think that was a Jake Giles, man. Oh, it was. I wasn't. It was Peter Wolf. It was a Tommy, was it? Peter Wolf signal. He had Dancing in the Dark. It came out right around the same time Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark came out. All right. His was Dancing uh-huh. in the Dark with the radio on. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that song. LT? Dancing in the Dark, of course. I was thinking of the, uh, the Bruce Springsteen. I was thinking Centerfold. It's a big one. Centerfold is his big one. My blood drops cold. And with that note, I'll say this. Don't just what you hate. Just promote what you love. You'll live a lot longer. Josh, D.C. Road Trip, is that your sector? D.C. and Indianapolis coming up. Sectors are in the crosshairs. Sectors in the crosshairs. Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy, what do you have to say? I got to say, man, I am waiting to get my fourth shot. You're not over 50 yet, are you? Dude, it's coming up. Wait, we can get our fourth shot? Me and you can get our fourth shot, uh, Mikey. These guys got to wait. I might not get it. I'm going to wait until other... Dude, you guys are going to be in D.C. I'm going to be getting my fourth shot. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, your yeah. birthday, too. That, I forgot about that. June 1st. June 1st. Happy birthday, LT. All right. Yeah. All right. And that'll do it from this week from Longbox, guys. Don't forget what I was saying. I already said it. So good night. Love you. Bye-bye. Yeah. On the road.